Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. It is the White Sox edition of the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. And alongside me is the ace of the Bradley Club baseball team, uh-huh. Sam Phelan. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You know, good time of the year. Any Anytime I can talk White Sox baseball, I'm always down for it and excited. So, good to be here. It's an exciting time. Day before spring training. So, we'll start... Um, as a baseball fan, obviously White Sox fan, how did you get? How did you become a White Sox fan in the uh, right side of Chicago baseball? Oh yeah, well you know it's always kind of been a uh, tradition in my family, like wh- White being White Sox fandom was passed down from my dad, from his dad who grew up in rural uh, rural West Virginia where he wasn't able to watch many games, wasn't able to, didn't have any teams nearby him, but he did have one little handheld radio that was able to. Uh, tune into WGN and he, from when he was a young boy he would listen to the White Sox game on his handheld radio at night so he became a White Sox fan through that and uh, it's kind of carried down ever since so it's big time in the family. That's got yeah that's kind of same here uh Growing up, my dad was a big Madly Rodonias fan, so like that was like oh. one of my first memories watching oh, the White Sox. Yeah, it was him like Mags, Mags. <laughs> so I love Madly Rodonias, and then I remember. Um, 2005 was my first year of, uh, I think it was kindergarten, kindergarten or preschool, and I walked in, and I was the only, I had like a Paul Canerco t-shirt, and I was the only White Sox fan oh, in the yeah. class, and I was like really upset, I'm like, oh, they're all Cubs fans, like, oh, don't worry, you just stick with your gun, and then they won the World Series that yeah. year, and I had so much pride yeah. in being like the only White Sox fan, that is like... I had uh, just started kindergarten that year as well, uh, yeah, just started kindergarten, right when they won the World Series, and every every day we'd sit on the little the little mat at the front of the classroom and my teacher would ask me like all right what happened yesterday we'd go over some things birthdays and everything like that and in the middle of uh, late October I just raised my hand and I shared with the class that yesterday the White Sox won the World Series and do you have a favorite player from that team uh, I was a big Joe Creedy guy Joe Creedy I, I was a big stud. Joe Creedy guy he's our yeah. best I, we haven't had a third baseman no, as good no. as Joe Creedy since I, I miss think. Joe Creedy that man it is a crime that he never won a gold glove down there. I was. It was too bad with the back problems, too, because mm-hmm. he was a really good player. He came up clutch in those playoffs uh, that year. Yeah, oh, yeah, great playoffs. Basically, every series he did his thing. Uh, Jermaine Dye got World Series MVP. That was mine. Jermaine hit. Dye yeah, was I mean, my favorite. Him and Bobby Jenks. And Bobby Jenks, I like, because Ozzie Guillen, when he'd come to the bullpen, and like, instead of doing the right arm, he'd like, do the, yeah, yeah. he'd like do the big, like the arms out, like the fat <laughs> Yeah, very hard to find a guy off that 05 team as a White Sox fan that you don't like or all of them kind of have a special place in your It's true, even down to like Tadahito Aguchi. Right, you gotta yeah, love there, there's not one that like you can be like, ah, I don't really like that guy. But yeah, they all contributed. It was a special year, and hopefully we'll have another one of those coming yeah, up. Yeah, speaking of that, let's go on to the 2019 uh, season coming up here. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the bullpen and the uh, starting starting rotation and season outlook. And actually, first, I want to start with a guy who's not even going to be in the rotation this year. We'll start with Michael Kopech, who okay. obviously has the arm injury. You went through something similar like that with the Tommy yeah. John, and people say that you come back throwing harder from it. So from your experience, and like, how do you, how do you think Michael will bounce back from this? Do you still think he can be the ace of the staff moving you know, forward? Yeah, no, I, tr- I try and be really optimistic about it. Um, I think you're kind of seeing it nowadays in the game where most pitchers are having to go through this at some point in their career. Uh, my optimistic viewpoint, I thought it was good that he had to go through this now rather than in 2020. He or picked a good year to do it, yeah. When the Sox are in the middle of their window, that's when you least would have liked it to happen. But, I mean, he's got guys like Lucas Giolito, some other guys in the organization that have gone through Tommy John surgery before, guys that he can rely on and that have his back. So, yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, 
knowing Kopech and knowing how hard of a worker he is and how determined he is to be good, I don't think it'll be something that affects him down the stretch. Uh, of course, you never really know with these things, but I like to be optimistic about it. I think he'll come come back strong. I would agree. Yeah, even listening to him talk at SoxFest, it's amazing how much he's retru- he's matured since he was in the Red Sox organization oh, yeah. where he had the steroid thing and punching Different teammate. Guy. He's like was talking about he's done doing a lot of meditation where it hasn't been bothering him, trying to uh, keep his mind off of baseball. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's going to come back uh, stronger than ever. Um, but to this rotation, the people that are going to be uh, – in the rotation, uh, Carlos Rodon's going to get the opening day start, yeah. probably followed by uh, Lopez. Uh, then I believe Nova would be next yeah, in Nova, line. Nova will get the third game. And then uh, Giolito will probably be the fourth uh, starter. And then Santana later in April. Yeah. So what do you think? What are your overall impressions of this uh, rotation coming in here for 2019? You know, I think I think the rotation is the weakest part of this team. Um, I but I do think there's a lot of room for growth and a lot of upside. I, I mean, Carlos Rodon shows flashes every year of being amazing. You'd just like to see him gain a little bit more consistency down the stretch. Same thing with Lopez last year. I thought he was really good overall, his overall body of work. He just had a couple starts in there where he imploded a little bit, hurt his numbers, hurt the team down the stretch. I, just, I think those guys can both take big steps forward uh, and can really be some workhorses. Uh, for them, uh, Nova, I feel like you kind of know what you're getting there, and yeah. Giolito's still a question mark for for me. Like I'll see, I'll believe it when I see it, kind of with him. But um, I, obviously, hopeful. Uh, I think it's interesting they're going with the four man rotation, waiting for Santana to get back. Uh, Would have been more interested in seeing who they went with, Covey or Ben Walos in that fifth spot. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait on that and cross our fingers, hope everybody stays healthy. And I think part of it still goes into like going with the four-man rotation early, giving a little extra time to evaluate some outfielders and do they want to sit down. But yeah, going to the rotation, uh, Lopez is the guy that really stands out. I think on the staff, he has the best stuff there um, as of right now. And he was really good. Like uh, in April, his ERA was under two. Um, With one start to go in May, it was still under, it was uh, in the twos, still under the threes. And then he had, like you said, he had that 11 start, he had 11 start stretch. Whereas ERA was six sixty uh, four, um, sixty four, and so yeah, not, that kind of I mean, was a, rough. But not even all those starts were bad starts in there. If I remember correctly, he had a couple of those that were just like two innings, eight run starts or whatever. And those, I mean, those are not he, giving your team a chance to win. You're hurting yeah. your numbers, like. And he did have a kid uh, in the middle of the year too, okay. so his mind was probably you know. Mind it's hard to focus, yeah. A bit, yeah. But he finished really strong. His last seven starts, he finished with a 138 ERA. I, I, I love his stuff uh, going forward. Rodon, like you Definitely. said, inconsistent, but he's got that wipeout slider. And this is his first full year that he's healthy. This is the first time he's been starting the yeah. season, basically, with the Sox. Yeah, Carlos Rodon hasn't had a spring training with the White Sox. Healthy starting spring training, starting the starting opening day, and, like, he hasn't had that really that since he came up that he's been here since the beginning of the year healthy and ready to go so hopefully that's just like something that give him the edge he needs to keep that consistency both of those guys i think would be the bright spots giolito is the one that concerns me yeah. a little bit he needs to make i mean any small improvement would be helpful because there's a lot yeah. of room for improvement there the walks in spring training weren't great i mean last year the walks were an issue and this year in spring training, it hasn't looked much better. He had like yeah, an 8-something ERA. So. See, I'm not somebody who likes to use spring training stats and be like, oh, this guy's going to be good, this guy won't be right. good. But I think for a lot of people, I, th- I think it is pretty telling for some of these guys, and especially like Giolito, a guy who there were such high expectations of, and he just has not been able to live yeah, up to He's the number one so pitcher in baseball. For yeah, like for a long time with the Nationals. And when he first got here, he was, he was good for that. Uh, back half of 26, 2016 or twenty seventeen when he was twenty seventeen when he was here, 
Um, and then just last year, could not get it together. And spring, he's looked like he's in the same self from last year. So hopefully uh, there are some changes we just haven't seen yet. Yeah, I, the, the key to this team's success this year, because they're in a weak division, and their month of April, they have a really easy schedule. Yeah. It's going to come down to how good their starting pitching is. Because quite frankly, it was not very good last year. Yeah. So they, they, they need to make some improvement. Nova, like you said, he's going to basically be like the James Shields, He'll eat some innings, see, he'll give well, you your four or something. I would have right? liked to see them bring back Shields, if I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I'm, not, I'm in a position right now, I think your rotation, like I said, has a lot of upside and there's a lot of potential there, but you're, you're not in a very flexible position. You can't really afford to have an injury on your starting rotation at this point. Uh, and, I mean, a guy like Shields, obviously he's not great, but, I mean, he'll go out there, he'll eat your innings, he'll be a nice leader for some of these younger guys. That hey, Giolito's talking about, like, he loved uh, yeah. Shields. He was a great leader, mentor for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have liked to see them bring him back, but obviously uh, Rick and Kenny and those guys had a different plan, so. I think I, I think Shields is better than Nova, too. It might have been, like, a cheaper thing, but it starts. Yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, like, uh, they're very similar pitchers. Moving to the bullpen, though, this was something in the offseason. Obviously, we didn't get Machado, but this is one yes. of the bright spots. We did improve a lot. We got our old enemy, Calvin Herrera, and uh, Alex Colomay, uh, probably going to be the closer this year. Um, yeah. Some of these young guys, Caleb Frere, um, coming up, Jace Fry. Uh, what, what are your uh, thoughts on the bullpen this uh, year? Yeah, I, th- I mean, like I said, I think the rotation is the weak spot of the uh, of the team. I think the bullpen is the biggest strength. Uh I mean, Nate Jones hasn't looked great in the spring. He doesn't look like he's fooling too many guys, but uh, I have a lot of faith in him. He's a veteran pitcher. I think yeah. he'll figure stuff out. And Longest tenure White Sox. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're able to bring out a three-man punch that can get you through seven, eight, nine strong, uh, you're going to be in a good position to win, to win a lot of games, especially when your starting rotation isn't necessarily the strongest thing about your team and you've got a lot of concerns there, having a bullpen that's able to pick up the slack for some of those guys is going to be huge. Uh, so yeah, very optimistic, ve- very much a fan of what they've done with this bullpen and where it's going in the future because there's still a number of young guys that could Keep be big, up. big difference makers to Ian this Ian Hamilton bullpen. was one. He had like the yeah. shoulder injury because he got in a car accident this spring, but he was another one that like he, he, could, he has a bright oh, future yeah. too. So yeah, like, they got a lot of guys coming up the pipeline. healthy, I'd imagine, because Hamilton, mm-hmm. yeah. They like him a lot. He showed some really good stuff last year. Uh, you've got Tyler Johnson is another guy who yep. I'm really high on. And a lot of people forget Zach Birdie. Zach Birdie he, is yes. still a almost major league ready relief pitcher down in the minor leagues there. Well, I'm almost certain we'll see him at some point this year. I would, I would think so because he's finally healthy. He had great stuff uh, mm-hmm. in Louisville. And he's a local, local kid from around here. Yeah, from Illinois. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Everything I said. Uh, moving on. Uh, the infield, pretty straightforward. Obviously, we didn't get uh, Machado, so the only big change is uh, uh, Moncada moves to third base, yeah. Yomer to second base. And then we also got Yonder Alonso with Jose Abreu, uh, probably going to be platooning DH first base sort of thing. What are yeah. you, what, yeah, thoughts on I mean, that? Of course, we would have loved to see Manny down there at the hot that corner, works. but... I think the moves positionally are, I mean, nothing but good news. I think Moncada's looked really comfortable over at third base. And, of course, the whole purpose behind that is now you have a spot for Nick Madrigal. If he gets ready, Nick Madrigal's second base is awaiting. Uh, Yolmer's kind of holding it down for the time being, but that is not a long-term option there. And then, yeah, I think Alonzo, 
uh, helps Abreu. Uh, as much as Abreu might want to play the field, and fans would like to see Abreu at first base every day, right. he's, he is getting a little bit older, and uh, a guy who can maybe take some stress off of his body for a little bit, not having yeah. to play the field, maybe can improve his bat down the stretch for you. I mean, and Alonso's a plus defender at first base, so I don't, yeah, I hear nothing but good news there. I, yeah, I agree. And Renteria was talking about wanting to keep Abreu off his feet, especially because like, we see this trend now. A lot of guys are getting extended. And yeah. Abreu's like, if the White Sox value him a lot. If they potentially want to extend him, it would be nice to keep some mileage off his feet for when they finally do need to contend and they have him at first base. And Alonzo, he's a uh, former all-star. Yeah. He's shown a lot of pop in spring training. Obviously, that doesn't he's mean a lot. But he's, he's been pretty consistent been over been the good. past couple, two, three years. Uh, you kind of know what you're getting. But yeah, I, th- I heard a Brady say today he wants to be uh, with the White Sox for his whole career, and if that's going to be a thing, I think he, I mean, he has to stay healthy because that's the biggest factor yeah. with any guys that play. Last like year wasn't even really injuries; it was just more like freak medical yeah. things, like the ingrown like hair Stuff or like whatever. That. Yeah. But it, it's your typical fatigue with years, and I think playing the field best can always. Uh, can always extend a right. career. So and people forget too. Like he, statistically, he had his worst year of his career, and he was still an all star. Like he's the cream of the crop. In the AL, I can't really think of any first baseman off the top of my head that are better than him. Uh, he's like the cream no, of the crop. I mean, all star started last year, and he had a really down year for his standards, and he was still starting in the American League all for the American League All Star team. So. Uh, yeah, he's pretty, I mean, National League has some powerhouse first basemen, of course, but as far as American League first basemen are concerned, he's as good as it gets. And then Moncada, you touched, uh, talked about, uh, I like the move to third. I think it'll help his offense. We already saw a little bit of results in yeah. spring training. I think he, he feels more comfortable there. And Yolmer, really, he's played a lot of games at second, and he's a good fielder anyway. Yeah, I mean, kind of a seamless transition. Yeah, Yolmer is fine wherever. But, yeah, when Moncada first got called up by Boston, uh, he was at third base for them for a long, long time. Uh, so moving back to second base was a little bit of an adjustment for him, and it could have been one of the factors on why he was a little underwhelming offensively. But, yeah, I mean, he's been hitting over the spring. He's been looking comfortable defensively. A lot of good things from Yuan Moncada that the Sox are going to need if they want this rebuild to function properly. Final guy that we haven't talked about is the shortstop uh, Tim Anderson. And he had a he made some. He was one of the few bright spots last year. The batting average isn't quite what we'd like. He had like 240, but he did have 20 home runs, yeah. 26 stolen bases. I think can even improve on the stolen oh, bases. Yeah. Those numbers are only going to go up. Yeah, do you have any? Thoughts I, for Tim Anderson. You see, Anderson and Moncada are the two guys that I have, and I have a huge level of amount of confidence and faith in. I think uh, for Anderson especially, this is the year that we're going to see him finally turn that corner that we've been waiting on. I think we saw a lot of offensive production out of him last year with the 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases that we had been waiting on and some improvements defensively. Uh, but I definitely think it's time for him to establish himself as the shortstop of the future of this of this team. That I, he needs to establish himself as the guy who's going to be around for uh, the coming years in which they look to win some championships. Uh, I definitely think he's able. So the tools and athleticism are there. Oh, you can no just question. see, like once they got to smooth a couple things out uh, he's fundamentally, always, yeah. but like he that. He, Always been a guy with a lot of ability, but a lot of raw ability. And once he's able to uh, take this talent and use it as a baseball player, once he's able to get on base and walk a little bit more and limit those strikeouts, you're going to see one of the best shortstops in the American League. I'd be yeah, I'd be very happy this year if he hit two like in the two sixties, twenty something home runs again. I'd be very happy with that. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. 
Uh, fi- finally, uh, outfield, which is kind of interesting. They got kind of a log jam in the outfield right. right now. Yes. They're actually starting with Ryan Cordell, surprisingly, John instead Jay. of John Jay. But initially, uh, for most of the year, it's going to be John Jay, uh, Eloy. Those are kind of the two locks. John Jay can really play anywhere. Yeah. And then Eloy is pretty much uh, solidified a spot in left field. Then they got Adam Angle, Gold Glove nominee for center field. Daniel yeah. Polka, who led the team in home runs at 27, but the fielding, there's a lot uh, left to be desired, there, yes. Yeah. And uh, Leury Garcia, who can really play anywhere in the field, um, so he's been tearing the cover off the ball in spring. So yeah. uh, when it's all said and done, who do you think the outfield platoon, what, what it's going to look like? Because when Santana gets called up, there's not enough room for all of them. So. Well, uh, I think it's also I think it's notable to uh, to note that they're trying to teach Jose Rondon how to play a corner outfield yeah. spot. Uh, one of the things the White Sox have clearly valued early in this season is versatility, uh, and that's kind of why Nicky Delmonico was the odd man out in spring training right. here, coming to the opening day roster. I was surprised they went with Cordell over Delmonico. I was um, too. Yeah, once they... Cordell was not exactly hitting all oh, that no. well in spring training. No, Delmonico had a pretty good spring offensively, and he's a lefty, but uh, I was just kind of like, you look at it, Angle's got the great defense, Polka's got the left handed power, uh, Garcia, Rendon have some versatility there, so that's kind of why they made the team. Uh, but actually, I think that when Irvin Santana comes back, I uh, don't expect any of these guys to get moved down. I would say my I would suspect that they would send down one of Kobe or Manny Benuelos out of the bullpen. Benuelos tough because he's out of options, and then you just trade it for him, so you don't want to send him down. Yeah. I know that's the only reason Jose Rendon has a bad. Rendon's on the team. He's going to be on the team. I for Liuri, and I think because Rick Renteria really values his versatility, and he's, oh, yeah. he hit two seventy last year too, so he can still hey he can steal bases. But the fact that they're teaching uh, Rendon. To play the outfield and be kind of like that, I think they they might be trying to phase him out potentially, like if they can get like a trade candidate for yeah, him. Yeah, a lot I'm, of teams value. I mean, that's a guy that guys like that are always good on contending teams. That's a guy you could always use and always need. Um, but I think a lot of it will come down if they do end up sending down one of these outfielders. I think it, it'll all come down to performance. You know, if if uh, Palka's not repeating the same offensive production and showing the same uh, flashes off the bench that he did last year, I think he's subject to get moved. Uh, it's a big year for Daniel Polka. Yeah. Because if he can put up the, another year like if, that. Yeah, if he can repeat, he's going to be in good shape. He's going to be in really good shape. Yeah. Potential DH for the future. The only reason he got moved out of his DH spot this year, which I think is a perfect role for him, is because of the Yonder yeah. Alonso uh, trade. But even like a late game guy, because he was terrific in late innings last year. The walk-off home run, yeah. and he had multiple game tying. extra bases. I mean, he's a lefty, so. brings a lot of power, he's clutch, so... If he's able to repeat those things, those are all things managers are checking off their checklist when they're looking to fill out that 25-man at the end of the year. Um, yeah, big Daniel Polka guy over here. I'm, I'm fan a fan. favorite I, for yes, sure. I like him. Uh, finally, sleeper player to watch this year. Oh, Who, okay. Who's your under-the-radar guy? You know, I went over a couple of these. I thought about uh, I thought about Tyler Johnson, who I brought up earlier. He's 9-0 and in the minor leagues last year. Uh, Bryce Bush is in the is a prospect who's been climbing up their rankings. But my guy's a guy who actually impressed me the most in spring training. I'm going with Danny Mendick. Danny Mendick? Yeah, I'm going with Danny Mendick. Uh, Second baseman, infield prospect. Not in the Sox top 30, but over spring training, he hit uh, 361, a couple home runs uh, in over 25 games. So lots of production out of him. He looked like... Really, he dazzled, impressed. He would have made the club, too, but uh, his problem there is he's never played 
uh, above the double-A level. So they're going to keep him. He'll be at Charlotte to start the year. But, if I, yeah, I think if Danny Mendick is producing at Charlotte for a uh, majority of the first half of the year, he'll get moved up, and I think he'll play. Uh, I mean, like we said, Yomer's at second base. It's kind of open, so I don't. I could see us seeing a lot of Danny Mendick in that, Chicago. This that'd be season. interesting. Well, it, depending on how Nick Madrigal does too, their talks he might get moved up. But Nick yeah, Madrigal could be a you nice. Never, you never know with these college bats how quickly they're going to fly true. up. Uh, Madrigal could be ready as soon as the end of this year, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Madrigal, real quick before I do my do my. How many strikeouts do you think? We'll go oh. 30, uh, 30 strikeouts over under for this season. 30 title. strikeouts. Let's see. How many how many games would he play over under 30? I'm going to go under. I'll go under. under. Yeah, I think he'll be in the mid-20s. I think, I, it'll yeah. be close, but I'm going to go under. Uh, my guy, right-handed pitcher Jimmy Lambert. Um, okay. I like him. A lot of the uh, White Sox uh, players have been raving yeah. about him. Dylan C's been like, hey, Jimmy Lambert. you got to watch watch out for Jimmy Lambert. Um his stuff's been good. He's got a good fastball. Uh, curveball's decent. Um, uh, overall, he's ranked as a forty-five for like the prospect, yeah. uh, like as far yeah, as yeah. like the scout rankings. But uh, he was good last year in Birmingham. Yeah, Two eighty-eight ERA. Uh, he was decent in spring training too. If he can, another yeah. guy that's only been going up the rankings of the prospect charts, and he's kind of been steadily improving every year. So. Him, yeah, him and Zach Birdie were, was my other one, but we talked about him earlier. I think Birdie right. could I mean, be the future. I just think for all these guys, one of the biggest keys, of course, in, for any team, and especially in a rebuild, these I want these guys to stay healthy. Like, there's going to be a, The White Sox are going to take huge steps forward this year if these prospects are able to have a full year of being healthy. Of course, they already lost Basabe and Dane Dunning for... Dane Dunning for the season, Basabe for a little bit of time. But Dunning one hurt. Yeah. That was, that but, was I mean, I would just like to see a guy like Luis Robert and a guy like, uh, again, I want to see Dylan Cease be healthy for an entire year. Robert's another stride. one. He's healthy for a full yeah. year. Yeah. Like, in order to develop these guys and get them to the big league level as quickly as possible, they have to be able to stay healthy. So that's going to be a huge key, something to definitely keep your eye on. Um, it's it's going to be crucial down the stretch. The big news last week was Eloy Jimenez signing that big contract oh, yeah. with the White Sox. And all of a sudden, with the signature of a contract, his defense magically improved, and he won't have to spend oh, two he, weeks yeah, in the minor leagues after all. On. Nothing to work on. Eloy Jimenez, obviously a lot of hype. If you had to predict his first-year oh. numbers, home run, batting average, uh, total RBIs, okay. what, yeah, what would okay. your line be? Well, let's see. I, I'm imagining he'll hit about sixth in the order. I would think uh, so. Yeah. So, I think he'll definitely have some guys on base for him. I'm going to I'm going to be a little tentative with the average here and I'm going to say he'll hit uh I'll say 288. 288. Yeah, right. two, 288. I think he'll yeah, I'm not going to go out. I think it was Nicky Delmonico said he was going to hit like 335 or something like that. Yeah, I don't think I'm not going to not going to get that extreme, but yeah, I'll say I'll, I'll give him 288. I'll I'll say it's 26 home runs, drives an 85. Wow, we had almost identical numbers. I had 282 for the batting okay. average. I think somewhere around the 280s is realistic. Um, I have 25 home runs. Okay, uh, I think is a fair number. Yeah. And then I think RBIs. He's going to be probably hitting six, depending on if Abreu's cleaning up right. all those RBIs ahead of him. I think he definitely. I 75 say, to 80. 
80, yeah, I was yeah. going to go 81. In that ballpark, yeah, yeah. I think around there. No, I definitely think he's going to make a big impact right away. I think he'll be in the rookie of the year conversation For sure. all year long. With, uh, It'll be Lance interesting. Jr. Him and Tatis uh, Jr. too. Tatis be- Jr. on the other side will be make the open. I mean, uh, Vlad Jr. is going to be down at the start of the year, yeah. but... I mean, you've got some rookies. You'll have, you'll have Aloy, you'll have Tatis, you'll have Guerrero. Nick Senzel is probably going to make an appearance at some point this year uh, over in Cincinnati. So you've got a lot of rookies. The state of the game, once again, it's getting younger. Baseball's I, getting younger. Yeah, I, I'm i looking forward to it. That guy's got so much so oh, yeah. much raw Really uh, nice. Power. I mean, the six-year deal with the two club options, you'd like to think that uh, those would both be enacted, so it's nice to think that you're going to have a guy like that at, in a White Sox uniform for the next eight seasons. Especially for that price, too, because oh, people are like, ripping him, like, oh, he hasn't even played a major league game yet, but if he turns out to be good, like, look what Machado and Harper signed I for. Mean, well, we're getting them the for, the like, market, The way the market's going, these contracts are only going to get higher, especially after that uh, might see a stoppage of work uh, after, like, coming up with the new CBA, but... I'm, I'm guessing these contracts are just going to keep getting bigger, and having a guy like that locked up for almost a decade on your team is that. I mean, that's huge. That's that changes the face of your franchise. Now, are you at all concerned? Because the big trend this off season has been contract extensions. We saw here, not yeah. get one, sale get one. Because we missed out on Machado and like the Hans big talk is hey, the next step in this rebuild. You had some premium talent, got to make the finishing touches off of there. Yeah. Well, the premium talent on the market's kind of drying up a little bit here. <laughs> are you at all concerned about that, or do you think we got a deep enough system we can make a trade for a guy? Yeah. Who would it potentially you know, be? I'm. I'm I'm a person. I'm trying not to be uh, all down in the dumps over it. I think I think they'll be fine, and I think they'll be fine mainly because, you know, what I like to tell people, I don't think you need to sign premium, premium talent to uh, win a World Series or be a competitive team. Uh, and there are still very good ballplayers who impact a ball club, can make an all-star team out there in the free agent that they could get. Or like you said, they have a deep enough system they can make a trade happen. There's plenty of other ways to get this talent where I'm not hitting the panic button yet. I definitely believe in Rick Hahn. I think he will find a way. Um, at the end of the day, if these prospects work out like we hope they will, the White Sox will be just fine. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think we got so many guys. In, our system's so deep. Yeah. Obviously, there's not enough room for all these guys. I think if you need to make a move, then like they, we got enough to do it. Honestly, and I think, too, position-wise in the outfield, we're loaded. Uh, no, infield wise, I mean, if people at, guys making stat, I think if we do add someone, it would be a pitcher. Yeah, like, I mean, look pitching. at look at how many how many guys we've talked about here today. Just talking about prospects and the system and guys who uh, could potentially be impact players. And think about how many guys we haven't talked about today. Right, like we haven't mentioned Steel Walker or Micker Adolfo or. Uh, like, we barely talked about Zach Yeah, like, Zach Collins uh, hasn't been mentioned. Yeah. Lots of guys. They have another, they have number three overall pick in the draft this year. They're yeah. going to add more premium talent through the draft. Uh, there's a lot of guys who, they'll be able to make something happen one way or another. And uh, they'll be able to get the pieces they need to, su- to succeed when they feel like the time is right. Moving on, more predictions. Who do you think our all-star will be this year? Mine, I think you got to go Abreu. I think that's kind of an easy one, especially because there's not a whole lot at first base. Yeah. But, you know, uh, is there any other guys potentially surprise some people? Do you think we have any Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to go out on a limb here. I believe in him. I'm, I think Carlos Rodon makes the all-star team this year. All right. I, I think he's that be, that'd be a nice. full that'd first be half for him this year. I think he's motivated uh, as the opening day starter. I think he comes out and, I mean, Obviously, you'd like to see more than one White Sox in the uh, yes, in the All Star game, for sure. but uh, not just making the game because we need somebody. 
but yeah, I could see Rodon making it. I if if we only end up having one, I could see a guy like Colome or Herrera, somebody out of the bullpen, right. maybe getting maybe getting the nod there. But hopefully, My- there's. Plenty of them. If it wasn't for Abreu, I think Moncada's going to surprise some people this year. Yeah. I like the way he was swinging at the spring. Um, now, mind you, like you said, spring training numbers don't mean anything. He needed a great April last year, but I like his approach so far. He's been a lot more aggressive. Definitely seems like a different player. He's been more focused at their base. I, I think he's going to see away, a big year out of him. Yeah, far and away. I mean, he, he did lead the league in strikeouts last year, but he also uh, far and away led the league in called strikeouts. But a lot of them, he also led the league on called strikeouts on pitches that were not in the strike zone. Right. If you were to break it down, it was him and Mike Trout were the two guys that got called out on uh, balls uh, the most often. But, I mean, you kind of have to make the adjustment. And so far, we've seen him swinging the bat a lot more. And, and also, you got to factor in, too, being a young player, he's not going to get the benefit of yeah. like, these calls that some of these veterans are. Yeah. Like, they're oh, going to yeah. ring him up if it's close. They're giving it the pitcher there so no i definitely I would just like to see him swing i think what i mean his hard contact batting average and his percentages and stuff are up there so if he's swinging the bat i think he'll find a lot more success yeah. and he still had 17 home runs for a second baseman that's a lot of power oh no. that's definitely room yeah. to finally the big total uh the uh the big prediction i should say what uh, what do you think the 2019 chicago white Sox win total will be we won 62 last year uh, what do you got for us this you know, year I think it's interesting because I think they can be in a range of depending on how certain things go, of course, and how certain guys perform. I think they'll be. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'll have them at 76 and 86. Okay. Uh, but I think that's about as wor- as bad as they'll do. Uh, I don't see them being much worse than 75, right. 76 wins. I think uh, they can only get better from there, but. Yeah, being a little conservative, I'll have them at 76 and 86. I think that's a realistic expectation. I think if everything goes right, players play the way they, they're supposed to, and the starting rotation is adequate. And that's the big thing. Yeah. This is the weak link is our it's starting rotation. Pitching. But right. I think we can get 80 games. I, I think 80 and 82 would be my prediction, which I would be thrilled with. Yeah, I, mean, I, I even, mean, you have to factor in the fact that they'll be beaten up on Detroit and Kansas City. Right. The American League in general is very weak. Their first month of April, like you said, they got Detroit, Kansas City, and they got Baltimore, a I think. Baltimore, uh, home and away. They play Texas. At, like, there's a lot of teams that you should be able to beat, and you should be able to Toronto, uh, Seattle, a lot of teams that are very beatable um, that should improve their record. So, yeah, I, I see them being right around that area, and... Of course, if everything goes right, who knows what can happen. But yeah, our record in the division needs to improve, though. That's yeah, like absolutely. one of the things. Oh, especially over the years, and it should because we got two rebuilding teams. Yeah. Uh, twins, you never know what you're going to get. And the Indians have been kind of on the decline there. They got a couple injuries. Yeah, lost a bunch of guys. You have a couple, couple injuries. But yeah, I agree. You're not going to win a division if you're not beating the teams in your division. So, final thing on the docket for today, our twenty. 2020 slash contending future roster. When we're yeah. winning our World Series, if you're not riding with us, you're going to get run over by this yes, roster. Sir. What do you have? We'll start. We'll, we can each go ours. We'll start with the uh, outfield. So left field, I got Eloy Jimenez. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be Eloy. It's going to be Eloy for the next eight years. Better get used to seeing that name uh, with the little White Sox logo next to it. So Number 74, too, which I like. And he said he's like, he's I like it because it's unique. 74. Yeah. Wow. He's I like, mean, I want it because it's unique. And his like, grandma I mean, hey, said, like, people will remember Abra- it. So. Abreu's unique, too. He's up at 79. Yeah. So you got, you got First two White Sox there. player to ever wear 74. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't like that. Well, I, what, did he even wear, what did he wear in the minor leagues? Charlotte, he wore 16. 16? Yeah. yeah. 
See, that seems more like a more like a superstar like a good number. number. Yeah. Hey, man, establish a brand. Seventy-four will yeah. be the new new superstar number. In center field, I got a guy that some scouts predict could be better than Eloy Jimenez, and he's showing a lot of talent. Yeah. In spring spring he's been good. I got Luis Robert yeah. in center field. I also have that Lou Bob. Big, big Luis Robert guy. If he can stay healthy for a full year, because injuries are like I'm so excited to see what he can bring. He'll be uh, probably at Winston-Salem, maybe a little bit of Birmingham this year. Uh, I just want to see him healthy. I want to see what he can do with a full season and prove those scouts right. Right field, uh, another guy, He's uh, my right field, he's been he, a little bit of an injury bug. He had Tommy John surgery. But I got my, uh, Mike Rodolfo in right yeah. field. I. I really like him. He's one of those prospects that not a whole lot of people talk about, but I think I think he's a right fielder. Yeah, Adolfo's interesting to me because every time I hear the name, you feel like he's been in the system forever because what is he, 23, 24 now, but maybe even 22, but he's been in the Sox system since he was 16. Uh, this is a, He's a kid who's just uh, kept growing, grown up in the Sox organization. I'd love to see him succeed. Uh, you got a couple different options there between him and Basabe and Blake Rutherford's uh, Steel Walker, among some other yeah. guys. I think it all, uh, I mean, we, we can't really tell right now. I think Adolfo probably is the favorite at this point. If Basabe was the other at, one I was like, ooh, I really yeah. like him too, but I'm going, yeah, I think Basabe. Yeah, I, I think if you're looking at homegrown talent that's in your organization right now, Adolfo's probably the favorite to be uh, in the outfield on a contending team. On to the infield. Who do you have at third base on our contending team? All right. Well, this one, uh, this one, I went a little uh, rogue on because uh, this, right. this man is not in the White Sox organization right now. Okay. But I, I'm looking forward to the winter of 2019-2020. Uh, uh, I'm going with Anthony Rendon, Tony Two Bags from the All Washington, right. currently on the Washington Nationals. It's a big signing. Uh, Nationals have tried to extend him. Rendon doesn't seem too interested. And Rick Hahn says there's money to be spent. So there I, is money to be spent. I would love to see uh, Anthony Rendon in a White Sox uniform at third base. Interesting. All right. I want Yoan Moncada. Yeah. I think that's the safe play, but I do think he's going to make some strides. Now, if he has another bad year, because his excuses are kind of over. First yeah. full Major League season, all right, we'll give you a pass. Same with, like, you just got called up. Now it's, like, kind of like, yeah, well, you got to uh, put up or shut up. Yeah, man. stop. I, that's a uh, quote, Carlos Rodon. Yeah, I, I was listening to a Carlos Rodon. Shit, or get off the pot. <laughs> right, exactly. He was, it's, it's time for me to either perform or like suck it up and deal yeah. with the consequences. Yeah, but I think I think he will bounce back. He's got so many tools. There's too much talent there. I got him at third base. How about shortstop? Uh, T A. Yeah. I same. T A. I mean T A. Of course. I think. Uh, like I said, this is a big year for him. I think between this year and 2020. Anderson's really going to be trying to establish his position on those teams because, like I said, there are guys like Anthony Rendon and other guys who can come in and fill a spot on that infield. And if that starts happening, there someone's going to run out of a spot, whether it's Moncada, whether it's Anderson, whether it's Nick Madrigal, I don't know. Uh, it all depends on your performance. And I mean, people have talked about, oh, move Anderson to center field if you do that and all yeah. these different things. Uh, Tim wants to be a shortstop, yeah. and I think if he has to go elsewhere to be a shortstop, I think that's what he'll want to do, but I'd obviously like to see him in the black and white uh, for the long the long haul here. Hopefully he's able to establish that, and he's our guy. I agree, and he's been an emerging leader on this yeah, team. Oh, Local time. guy in the clubhouse, which you like to see. Second base, I got Nick Madrigal. I like that one's 
fairly yeah. easy. I, I mean, I have, I have Moncada at second right Dude, now. I, I, didn't, I didn't really... Uh, I, I'm i going to be honest, I didn't really think about Nick Madrigal when I was making this. I kind of forgot about that a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, hey, he'll no, be up there somewhere. I don't know. Uh, guy off the bat. I bag. guess you can never have a you can never have too many. Uh, for too sure, many guys for on sure. your team there, and too many impact players. So first brace, I still got a Brayu. I think. I think. Yeah, I I see him being there. Adding. I see him being there. Uh, not only for what he's done for them in the past few years, and not only for his ability going forward, but for his leadership with some of these uh, younger guys. You've got a lot of Cuban guys coming up, and mm-hmm. a lot of. Uh, between Luis Robert and uh, all these different prospects that you have coming up through the organization, I think uh, Bray is just a great leader for those guys that you wouldn't want to see out of that clubhouse. Totally agree. Catcher, I got Zach Collins. People say Zebby Zavala too, Zach and Zebby. I think Zach, and they're going to have another veteran. I don't know who that is, but I think they add another another veteran catcher yeah. to go with Zach Collins. <sighs> Collins is interesting to me. Obviously, the question there is, can he stick at catcher, or is he a guy that's going to have to be your DH right. uh, for the long haul? I'd like to think that he could be a catcher. At least, I believe the White Sox are going to try him there and uh, see where it goes from there. So, yeah, I'd say I'd say Collins. If he doesn't stick there, I'd think Zavala. Uh, we'll definitely see Zavala in a White Sox uniform at some point. Um, Probably, yeah, September call up, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll get his... Ch- get his shot at proving himself at the big league level. I don't necessarily think he'll stick there, though. But, I, yeah, I, I would agree. Maybe Collins and a defensive-minded veteran. Uh, last one, DH, I got Steel Walker. I like, okay. I like the way he swings the stick. Uh, I mean, it depends how well of a, like he does defensively, but I, th- I think that would be my, my DH. Yeah, Steel, Steel Walker is a – I mean, everybody on the White Sox organization has been incredibly high on him. Uh Throughout his time here, I was a steal in the second round. Okay, this one I also kind of left blank, kind of left open, but just an idea. I think this is going to be somebody who they potentially take in the draft or a Jose Abreu mm-hmm. down the line. Yeah, uh, this is a tough. It is, honestly, that's a tough one. That's to a, fill. It's a tough one to fill. Uh, you really don't know where they're going this year's draft. I'd assume they're just going to take the best player available. Uh, the current mock draft had them taking Andrew Vaughn out of Cal. Mm. Big first baseman, incredible bat. Uh, if that were the case, I'd imagine down the stretch, Abreu might get moved to DH, and you might find a replacement for him at first base. I do think so, Abreu somewhere in the future. I agree, yeah. If he's not playing first, um, yeah, I mean, it could be DH. Zach Collins at the DH, too, mm-hmm. if the yeah. catcher doesn't work out. There's a number of guys who uh, just might not stick at a certain position but might have a good enough bat that they, you need him on the roster, so... All right, finally, the rotation for the future. Uh, I got, for my start, I'll just run through my five. You can run through yours. I got Kopech is the one. Dylan Cease is our two. Ronaldo Lopez is three. Carlos Rodon is four. And Dane Dunning at five. Okay, yeah. Dane Dunning is a guy who's uh, very interesting to me. Um, obviously, he just went down with the Tommy John surgery. Yeah. That's was an unfortunate blow. So, yeah, I, I had really similar. Uh, I'm not sure, really sure what order. I think... Kopech and Cease are going to end up being your top two, right. uh, regardless of the way you order them. I think those are your two guys. Lopez, Rodon will both be in there. There's some question, maybe they do add a starting pitcher, like you said. Free yeah. agent Garrett Cole on uh, the, the be season nice. coming yeah. up is a possibility for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've got a – you talked about Jimmy Lambert. You talked about Dane Dunning, Alec Hansen. There's a lot of guys in the system that uh, could emerge as somebody who can make an impact. Um I think most likely they'll probably 
I don't see them having a five-man rotation with five guys that are in the organization now. Um, Dane, I, yeah, that's Dane Dunning was tough, especially because he just went down. Yeah, I think that, I think they'll end up with uh, Kopech, Cease, Lopez, Rodon, and player to be named later, right. either through free agency or a trade. Kopech, Cease, and I think Lopez are like the safe bet yeah. for the top three. Rodon too is pretty depending like, how he does I mean, this I'm, year. I'm thinking optimistic. I yeah. I love Rodon. I'd like to see him on that on a successful White Sox team for sure. And my closer, I got of the future. I got Zach Birdie with Ian Hamilton as our eighth inning guy. One yeah. two punch. Yeah, I think uh, you've got. I mean, you have Herrera under contract for the next three years, so I think he'll be. You always have yeah, three headed snake. Would yeah, be. You'll, I mean, you'll have Herrera. I think Birdie. I think uh, Ian Hamilton, Tyler Johnson. I think all those guys will be up, and all of them have some nasty stuff. They are hard throwers, uh, biting breaking balls, good relief pitchers. I think that the bullpen is going to be very good for a very long time, and that's something that is nice to think about considering the fact that that's been not only an area that the White Sox have struggled in the past, but is something that any good team and any team that's going to win a World Series needs. So uh, pretty optimistic about that and about the team going forward. Well, that is all we have for you on this edition of the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. Thank you for joining us and... Enjoy the 2019 upcoming season of White Sox Sox baseball, yes.